on this episode of Mentor Moments, we are welcomed by Melissa Rankin Short. A personal quantity versus quality. So we can go and go and do and do, but are we really good at what we're doing or have we you know, given it our all? Melissa currently is the Director of Transitional and Independent Living at Mary Grove, and she is also the founder of In-Depth Counseling. All right, well, thank you, Melissa, for joining us on this episode of Mentor Moments. We would love to hand over the mic to you real quick and just hear a little bit, just a brief history of your career, who you are, where you work, what you love about what you do. Sure. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's exciting to be here and, and a new experience. Um, so I, um, I'm currently, my role is Director of Transitional and Independent Living Services at Mary Grove. And just to backtrack a little bit and give you a timeline, um, I graduated from Maryville in 2012 at the end of the year. So it's been 10 years since I've been at Maryville. Um, and immediately after, I began as a case manager at Mary Grove, and I did that for about a year, and then I moved into a therapist role in our residential program, um, working with kids who are in children's division and in the court system, and I provided therapy services for about two and a half years before I moved into the transitional living and homeless youth population and did therapy there for about five years. And then a year and a half ago, I moved into a director role, which is where I am right now. So it's been, been a journey. Is there anything in particular that you so really enjoy that what you love? Um, I think the, the best thing about my job um, is just being able to establish the connections and the relationships. Um, you know, it's a phrase like you plant a seed, you don't always get to watch it grow. So the other one I like is you get to throw down an anchor, but you don't know which way the ship will, will go or move. Um, so I think it's, it's cool to be able to, to be that part of it. Um, and relationships are very reciprocal. So, you know, our clients know like they're getting help from us and we're the professional and, you know, that's the, that's the black and white of it. But on the flip side of that, you know, our clients help us and we grow from them and they don't always know that and we don't always know that's happening, but at some point you do realize it. So that's probably the best part for me. So similar how I'm benefiting from the two of you being here, being two students, right? That I, this is making my day. Do reciprocal relationships. What, so what would you say like a typical day of work looks like for you? I never know. <laughs> Um, that's not true. Sometimes I do know. Uh, now being in a director role, you know, there's the administrative part, um, which my organizational type A self thrives off of going to meetings and all the programming and problem solving stuff. Um, but I still get to be involved in the program. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, I earlier this year started overseeing our therapeutic foster home program. So that's a new piece for me as well. Um, but since I get to be still involved in those on a frontline basis, I guess you can call it that, especially for our independent living program, when crises happen, when, you know, the team says, I'm not sure what to do here, or, you know, we're kind of stuck, I get to jump in and, and be a part of that. So, so sometimes it's exciting and 
stuff pops up and you, you go where you're needed and and other days it's meetings and planning and so i uh completed part of my uh, internship with Youth in Need over at our emergency shelter, our emergency youth shelter. So um, there were quite a, a, a bit of phone calls. So like I would have to make over to Mary Grove or like to like some case managers, we'd get some of the same clients. So for our listeners that don't really know a whole lot about Mary Grove, their services or like their populations that they serve, could you give um, like a brief little synopsis of kind of just what Mary Grove is and how they serve the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fun fact, I did my internship at Youth in Need Emergency Shelter as well. That's so funny. Great experience and wonderful like stepping stone. Yeah. Um, so, but for Mary Grove, so we have, currently we have three programs. Um, through COVID and staffing crisis, we unfortunately had to, you know, condense some things or eliminate some things, but we're, we're hopeful that in the future we can bring those back. Um, but right now we do have our, still have our residential program. So that is for kids who are in foster care, who are, um, maybe referred to us by DMH, um, and even kids that are involved in the court system that have been referred to us and they're like, look, we've got some stuff going on. We need to work on it before we can safely be back out in the community or at home. And then we have therapeutic foster home program. So Mary Grove has six foster homes. We're always looking for more foster parents. Um, we're specifically therapeutic foster homes. So that means we work with kids who have a higher level of need for emotional behavioral issues. Um, and they can come, again, from residential programs. They can come from being like straight out of a family home or a relative home. And they come and stay with us and our foster parents because our foster parents have a specialized training. And then they also get in-home therapeutic services and kind of wraparound services, so that's really nice. And then kind of like my my niche where I have is our transitional independent living, and those are our older homeless youth. So those are our youth who are 18 to 20. They have either been displaced, homes not a safe home, or they are just homeless, their family's homeless. And we kind of set them up in this program Again, with wraparound services, with direct support, 24-7 support, and give them housing, help them with food, help them with utilities, help them learn life skills, get a job, get in school, finish school, to hopefully give them a good footing to step into the craziness of adulthood. Melissa, you, you sort of mentioned you've had your degree now for about 10 years, or your, your graduate degree, and you sort of gave a little bit of the each sort of job title you have, but tell our listeners a little bit more where you think you are in your career and maybe a little bit about why you felt it was the right time to sort of change jobs within within Marygrove. What was your, your thinking pattern or what told you was the right time to sort of try for that next job? Yeah, um, totally subjective answer here, but I think I'm at the beginning of the middle of my career, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, I've had, you know, a decade in, so I feel like, you know, I've had a, a good chunk of experience. And I think as far as like the movement that I've done, um, honestly, I've been super fortunate to, I, you know, started working for an organization right away that 
had opportunities um, come available. And that was something when I interviewed is I made that very clear of what I was looking for. And I knew kind of where I wanted to go. So when the opportunities came up, um, I wasn't really shy about sharing what I wanted to, to do about that opportunity. Um, and in some cases, you know, they were brought to my attention and something I had to think about and sit on and, um, you know, ultimately make a, a choice to do. But I would say each time I left a role, there was always some sadness about it because it's unfortunate to work with really great, great teams here. Yeah, I appreciate what you said. A little bit of that, there is a grief, right? There, there's a loss of those relationships or, again, maybe a program you invested so in. And maybe, again, maybe even a little bit of, I'm not sure what's going to happen in this new role, right? Will be as equal as fulfilling, if not more. So I guess, yeah, is there any other, if somebody's apprehensive about sort of a, a new step, do you have any thoughts about, you know, what would be a sort of some advice you have about maybe somebody wanting to, to do a new position? Um, I think if you're, if you're hesitant, um, can reflect on why you're hesitant, but if any part of you is excited or, you know, your mind starts to wander down that road, walk through the door. Cause what's the worst that can happen? You don't like it. There's plenty of social, counseling, we're everywhere, you know. Um, and that's even too, and I, I didn't mention it earlier, but bringing it to mind, um, in 2020, you know, I started a very tiny private practice on the side because um, I was curious what that would look like and what that would be like. And um, I still have it going. It's still teeny tiny. Um, but, you know, that's kind of goes back to that, like there's always options. So if part of you is curious, if part of you is excited about it, walk through the door. I'm, I'm thinking back to something that you said, which was like, as you're making those steps, you knew what you wanted and you advocated for those things that you wanted. Um, how did you, how did you come to discover those things? How did you find out or like figure out, okay, this is what I want, or maybe this isn't what I want. What were the specific experiences or, um, yeah, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, um, well, so I knew in um, getting my graduate degree in rehab counseling, like I knew that I wanted to counsel, I wanted to be a therapist, like that's the job title that would make me feel successful and accomplished. Um, so when a therapist role became open, it was with a population and a specific topic that I hadn't ever considered doing, but the ambitious part of me was like, therapist role, go for it. <laughs> Um, so in taking that, I did it for two and a half years, loved it, learned so much from it, grew so much from it, um, but knew that that's not where I wanted to stay um, in that population, that specific uh, topic that that therapy services were for. Um, so when the next therapist opportunity came available, um, people knew that that was more of my interest, so I got approached uh, for that one and was able able to go there. And then also just in talking with my supervisors and seeing what they were doing and seeing how long they had been in their positions and all of the impact that they had, that's kind of where my mind got rolling on like, oh, well, could I do that someday too? Melissa, you, you sort of mentioned what excites you or what, what do you love about your work? So 
I, I guess I want us to, or maybe ask you to think about where do you envision, you know, what's next or, or how, how do you envision continuing to develop? I actually was recently asked that question and at first it kind of stumped me because it's like, okay, well, I, I had the therapist role that I really wanted and, and I still partake in. Um, and now I'm in a director role, which I didn't initially envision for myself, but then came to and I love it. Um, so then thinking about what's the next step after this, um, I had to reflect on and be like, well, where do I go from here? Because I don't want to leave where I'm at. I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. Um, so essentially, I think I'm, I'm at the point of I just want to get better. So I'm in a leadership role. I want to be a better leader. I want to learn the ins and outs of, you know, what our whole organization is doing, what what we're doing and how it impacts our community, and then just kind of seeing what other doors maybe get presented in the future, and then hopefully I am ready to walk through those. Yeah, I love that answer too, because sometimes I think the American culture thinks career development is always about the next promotion. And it's really kind of, I would say it's more about what you said, how, how can I develop or grow in the position that I'm at? And then if there's an opportunity for a promotion that sort of take care of it itself, right? Because you're still again, open to learning and, and growing in that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, exactly what Dr. Kinger said, because that is something that I'm noticing that is very counterculture of just like, okay, where's the next opportunity? Where's the next opportunity? Where can I go next? Where can I go next? And that is super exciting, but very rarely are we slowing down. And I think looking inward and thinking like, okay, I'm going to slow down and hone my craft and learn, you know, the ins and outs of things. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think about it too, like it's almost a, a personal quantity versus quality. So we can go and go and do and do, but are we really good at what we're doing or have we you know, given it our all? So like one, so one thing we often talk about um, in our episodes are how, you know, there, there are more, there's, there's more to us than our careers. Um, even though, you know, our careers really shape us um, and can um, really uh, shape who we are. Are there parts of you outside of work that um, you would love to share with us? Um, what do you love to do whenever you're not, um, you know, in, in the office and, and being that administrator? Well, I, I have a husband and we have three dogs <laughs> in my family. So those are, of course, my go-tos that, um, that garner my attention. Um, but fun things, I mean, at guilty pleasure, I'm a TV junkie. Like, find me a good TV show and I will get invested in that. Um, aside from sitting on the couch and watching TV, um, as I have, you know, continued into adulthood, I've kind of grown more of an appreciation for um, being in my surroundings. And that comes with limits. I'm not an extreme heat person. I really can't handle it. People know that. That's a fun fact about me. Um, but when the weather is lovely like it is today, um, I really enjoy being outside and walking and running outside. And something I want to spend more of my time doing is like going on different hiking trails and just kind of being able to immerse myself in the natural beauty. Melissa, my wife would uh, be mad at me if I didn't ask you to a little bit more about your dogs. You know, what, what kind of dogs do you have? What are their names? Do, you know, do they, 
did they cuddle? Are they good cuddlers? What you know? What 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 do we need to know about your your your, your fur babies? We have we have a variety. So our our oldest and largest is Sunshine, and that's originally my husband's dog, like first his dog. Um, and he's a a lab chow. Um, so we used to shave him where he had like the lion cut and had um, like the mane going on up front. Um, and then we have our our middle dog and mid-sized dog is Sheba, and she's a pit Akita mix. And then our smallest and youngest is Phoenix, and she is a Papillon. People aren't normally familiar with Papillons, but they're little dogs. They've got huge ears and long tails. You have to Google it. Yeah, butterflies, right? Isn't that French for butterfly, Papillon? We have a Chinese crested and and she's got kind of not as big ears, but there's hair coming off it. And people often ask if she's a papillon. So yeah. Yeah. I think we need a picture of those three dogs to somehow put into our, our podcast description somewhere. So if you're willing to share that, we're, we're willing to kind of put that in there for you. I'm sure I can find one. Okay. All right. So the difference between Dr. Keener and I, because he was curious about the dogs. I'm, I'm curious about if there's any shows that you recommend to us or any of our listeners that we're, we're watching right now. Um, so, I mean, my husband and I watch just like a whole gamut of things that like we don't have a particular interest, but we actually just started watching Atypical on Netflix. And it's an excellent show. It's a really excellent show and follows the story of uh, an 18 year old who is on the spectrum and going through just, you know, all of the normal life experiences. Um, and it's just, it's really good. So I suggest checking that one out. So Melissa, as, as you may know, we sort of are sponsored, co-hosted by the uh, Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter. And so we like to ask our guests about, are you a member of any professional organization or if not, you know, do you volunteer or how else do you engage, I guess, in the community? So I'm not a part of a professional organization. It is on my kind of, I, I guess, a professional to-do list. Um, so when I kind of find one that I feel like is fitting, I'm definitely interested in joining one. As far as like community-based, um, in my director role, I was introduced to the Florissant Rotary Club, which is a kind of community-based, um, and there's chapters all over, all over the world even. Um, so that's been a new experience for me. And then I also participate in the Continuum of Care, um, which is really like just all the agencies in the St. Louis region that are working together to end homelessness. So. Um, also a, a cool experience to be a part of. So, so do you have any advice about people to sort of get, you know, more involved in, in the community in, in that way? I mean, I think it's good to good to know who your other partnering agencies are. That way you can work together and that way you have referrals and networks. Um, and as far as continuum of care, anybody can attend that meeting. It occurs monthly. And if you want to become an actual member, it's very simple to do so, but really good connections and information. Well, Melissa, the time has come. We're ready to hear your mentor moment. Well, lay, lay it on us. <laughs> um, so 
I'm a very transparent person. You probably want to find like, I'm sometimes going to be too transparent. Um, but I would say like, I've had a, a year of a lot of growing pains personally and professionally. And while those things are hard, they're not always bad. So I've gotten a lot of perspective out of this past year. And I would say, figure out what your big picture is. And like, at the end of the day, at the end of your years, what matters to you? What's going to matter to you? And whatever that is, that's what you need to incorporate in your work, in your day-to-day life, and kind of like, that be your go-to for whatever you're doing. That's that's awesome. I, I appreciate that uh, so much. I, I as as I'm looking at Brayton here, I can already him thinking about what's important, right? He he has that look on on his face. So, yeah, I mean, that, it makes me think of like future focused kind of pieces because um, I, I I work with a lot of teenagers and it can be really hard to look at the big picture things when every you know when perspective is limited. And so it's nice to challenge yourself and to try to widen your perspective and think, okay, let's think, what do I want in the next year, two years, three years, five years? Um, it's a fun exercise and something that I try to have my kids do. Um, but I mean, it applies to everybody. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super easy and societally we are kind of influenced to focus on the very tiny things, what we what we look like, what defines our success, what defines who we are. But, you know, at the end of it, like a lot of those things, they really get stripped away or like when the, what I call the, um, the dark and deep or the big and bad, like when those things happen, what's most important in those moments? And that's probably part of your big picture. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being our guest and we look forward to keeping in touch and, and hearing all the great things that uh, you are doing. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Mentor Moments. And we want to take this time to get to listen to you guys, our audience. If there's anybody specific or anybody in a certain area of expertise that you would love us to interview, feel free to give us an email. Our emails are linked in the bio of this episode. We couldn't be more happy about the amount of listens and plays and interaction that we've gotten from season one and season two. Brayton and I are continually trying to be innovative, create new episodes, uh, new features in the episodes. So please, as Brayton said, let us know your thoughts. We, We want to meet your needs and continue to grow Mentor Moments.